and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi there, and welcome to another week of chatting about reality TV. How you doing, Kat? Do you want the professional answer or do you want the real answer? <laughs> Always real on this show. I feel like a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not to put too fine a point on it. Got to be honest. I've got, uh, I think what they would call a hangover. Uh, the adult headache. The uh, the old adult headache. It's my own fault, obviously. Uh, nobody held me down and poured it down my throat. But I am hoping that I can bring my usual quick wit and charm to tonight but uh, i'm making no promises maybe it'll be even better well sometimes that happens right sometimes yeah. when you feel at your worst you perform at your best so we'll see maybe <laughs> that's answers on a postcard when you've listened to the uh to the episode guys let me know yeah were we were we up to par i uh also had not a late night last night but some a wine night, but I'm also trying to recover from a horrendous like leg workout the day before. So I'm hobbling around like an 80 year old woman. So I feel like I've been hit with a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I'd been hit with a bag of dicks. I wish I'd been hit with one dick. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe more like a bag of very unforgiving dildos. Maybe, maybe that's even better. Like just yeah. hard plastic beating. Yeah, sometimes I think, you know, the, the dildo is. That is the superior choice to the penis sometimes. Sometimes. It's I guess just, especially if you want to beat somebody with them. Yeah, for sure. I think beating somebody with a dildo is just easier than beating somebody with a penis. <laughs> anyway, this has taken a slight left turn. Uh, We're going dark this week. <laughs> we are off the reservation, but uh, we're very excited because we are about to add back in Real Housewives of Atlanta. I have finally caught up with Atlanta. I started watching about four weeks ago from season four. So I've done them all in about four or five weeks. And I have to say... That's commendable. uh, Well, the Mm. thing is, I sort of fell in love with it. And then by the sixth season in a row, I was like, I I never want to see this show again. But now I'm back on track and I'm in love with it all over again. Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like it's very coincidental that we're in Mercury uh, in retrograde, like we talked about last week. But we are also at that point of the year where it is just filled with like Real Housewives shows. We have Atlanta, the OC, New Jersey, and Dallas. Like that only happens once a year, and it happens around this time, and it's a lot. It is a lot, and I think. I mean, and I think we're going to do the first two episodes of Atlanta. We're sort of going to cover both episodes, aren't we? Because we didn't do it last week because I hadn't yes. quite got around to catching up. So we're going to do those two episodes of Atlanta, Below Deck, OC, New Jersey, Dallas. Yes. Is that everything? That is everything because there's no keeping Ooh. up with the Kardashians this week. So we had a bit of a reprieve at least for one day. I am enjoying that all the shows are done by Wednesday though, because it kind of gives me a buffer day. Um, not they that I take it. You. They're not, they're not for me. Oh, they aren't. Yeah. No. But I guess, so when we were talking about million dollar listing though, that would come out your Friday morning. Cause that yeah, was on so Thursday. Mine, here. mine can all be done by Thursday. Right, so mine all right. come out Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, being done by Wednesday would be wonderful. 
Sort of. I mean, I would love to say that I'm all caught up and I'm done by Wednesday and there's no um, late night binging of two episodes like I did last night. So I was like, oh no, because I don't have time Friday morning, obviously, because this is my Friday morning to do any catch up. So I just stayed up really late last night after going oh, out no, and watched two episodes. No, no, it's it's all for a good cause. I mean, so I whinge about them, it, but... You watch them pre or post drinking the wine? Post. Oh, amazing. Post wine. I can't wine. wait for these chats. <laughs> so, so no promises on the accuracy or... The <laughs> detail of notes for New Jersey and Dallas. But the good thing is I don't really need notes for them because they're incredible. I love those and shows. I do too. And also I don't think, I think if anybody's been listening to this podcast for for any length of time, they'll realize that accuracy is not something that we really subscribe to. We just tend to wing it. So yeah, it's just, it's just another week in the life of TV my husband hates. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get started with Atlanta. Let's do it. And Kenya's back. Kenya Moore is back on on the TV, on the prowl, I was going to say, but not really prowling. She's, she, I find her emotionally terrifying. I've got to be honest, she scares, like, I would not want to be her friend. She, I, you never know what you're going to get with her. And she's always pissed off about something. Yeah, see, I found that she's kind of come on this season a little bit calmer than past seasons. Like, I feel like she's a little bit tampered by having a baby, uh, at least on the first episode of Atlanta. Mm. But that really only lasts until the party. And then we see kind of old Kenya turn up a little bit. Yeah, and and I also feel, I don't really trust the, my baby's so perfect vibe. I mean, I don't trust yeah. that in real life anyway. I definitely no. don't trust it with Kenya Moore. She's all about appearances. I bet that baby has colic and is like driving her up the wall every night. And she's just faking perfect babies. Well, she was in pageants. Pageant girls are, are good at that. Yeah. Well, I don't believe a word of it. And then it's always compared... Obviously, the, at the opening of that first ep, they did right. the kind of side by side with Portia's baby. And it felt, you know what? I looked at Portia. I looked at Kenya and I wanted to smack her in the face. I'm like, it's not yeah. real. We don't believe you and you're making every mother out there feel like shit. So shut up. But then I saw the Portia one and I just wanted to cry a bit. Yeah, I just wanted to give her a big hug and be like, babe, that's that's real life. We all feel that way. And then she's got like the added pressure of also being, you know, separated from her partner and all the shit going down. Like, I, I really feel for Portia. I feel like, A, I'm really proud of her for re- keeping it real on camera because I think that makes a lot of moms feel like a lot of moms can connect to it and identify it. Or if they're going through it at the same time, like you have a million allies. Like, that's what it's all about. And that's real. Um and then B, yeah, I just want to give her a hug. I know. And be like, I'm really I just sorry. But I just remember those first few weeks as being like, look, I'm going to qualify. Obviously, my children were the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And I love them dearly. But those first few weeks of motherhood were fucking shit. Especially and with I the first one. I didn't have a cheating husband. Yeah. And I didn't have cameras everywhere. And I didn't have all of that in the papers. And I didn't have, you know, it, it, it's... I just wanted to give her a hug and put her in a, in my pocket and just tell her it's going to be all right. But it yeah. is shit for her. And she's really brave facing it. And I get it. But she's te- but the good thing is, is that you can see her opening up to the people. Like she opens up to her sister and her mom. Um, 
But oh, every every movement, every facial expression of hers, every time she picks up the baby, it took me right back to being there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel especially with the first one, because I feel like really all you're armed with is a boatload of unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And then it all comes crashing down and you just feel shit. And again, like I, I'll preface mine as well. I love my boys. Like they're the greatest parts of me and my husband. And I think that's amazing to get to watch. But I feel like with my second one, I was better prepared. Like I didn't have those unrealistic expectations because I'd gone through it and, you know, knew that every phase is passing and everything will come out at the end of the wash. But those first weeks were dark for me as well. And again, I, I kind of think it's because we're just set up with all these unrealistic expectations. Well, it's really funny you say that because I've just written um, a chapter for a book, uh, which if I wasn't so hungover and tired, I'd be able to remember the name of, but I can't. But it's about um, that kind of first year of having a kid, I think, or, or just motherhood in general. Right. But, one, but my chapter was about like what to ex- lowering your expectations and then lowering them some more. And, right. and literally that's what I wrote about. And I was like, if you think you're going to be the mom that pops out a baby and then is baking scones while you have 12 family around and all the rest of it, then just stop because you're going to break yourself. Like yeah. be, just, just imagine yourself as the mom that doesn't get out of bed, that eats Chinese takeaway for three days straight, watches television, stays naked with their baby and doesn't let people through the door unless they've got food or a vacuum or they're willing to run the vacuum around. Like be that is what it's going to be right. like. And actually once you accept that, like I did with my second, I had the best time. I was like, yeah. I'm in bed, bring me more Chinese. You know, that was brilliant, but it was, it is those expectations and, and Portia, and that's just like a little bit of what she's dealing with. Absolutely. Dennis, the fucking menace as well. Oh my word. I feel like, can we just like blend, let's just blend the two episodes together. Would that be okay? Yeah. Cause then we can yeah. talk about things. I could not imagine the gall of this man to treat somebody as awfully as he has treated her cheating on her at her like most vo- your most vulnerable time when yeah. you're pregnant and you you do not feel that you look as good or just dealing with the crazy emotions and then for him to have the gall to ask for his fucking ring back really <laughs> rubbed me the wrong fucking way like y- i don't know like you could have <laughs> asked you could have told her like you know what i don't you know you don't need to wear the ring like we're through, but you know what? Keep it for my daughter or keep yeah. it for this because dude, you're the one that fucked up. Yeah. I'm Wasn't sorry. Her. I'm, not, I'm not undermining what you're saying at all. No. It was just, it was just that I was looking at your face when you were saying that. <laughs> and I was like, I saw ragey Reagan. Like I get you the were, rage. You were really, you're really pissed. And I get it. Like, yeah, but it was, that's why I laugh. Cause I just saw no. this like look on yeah. your face. Um, no, no I hundred percent agree. We I did a poll. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Go, 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 yeah, go. we did a poll and everybody agrees with me. So like it was a, you know, smart move or jackhole. Twitter was 100% jackhole. Everybody awesome. on Twitter agreed with us. There were 15% on Instagram that said that was the right move. But I just, I think if you're the one that messes up in a relationship like that, like you forfeit anything that you've given to the other person and you just need to walk the fuck away. I mean, I feel like, once you've given somebody something, it's theirs. Like you don't get to ask for it back. 
Like, no. even if you don't ever get married, or even if she's the one that fucks up, essentially, you've given it to her and it's hers. But, yeah. like you said, I think it's a really good point. They've got a daughter. Why could she not keep it for her? Like, also, why did Portia give it back? Like, I would have... Exp- you can tell she's clearly in, like, newborn, right. fuck, like, the fuck, because I, she would normally, like, fight to the death for that ring. But... right. I think he's just, I don't know what's going on. There's all sorts of rumors. I think drugs gets mentioned a few times. Bestiality gets mentioned a few times. Yeah. It's a lot. Allegedly. Um, Yes. But I still really respected Portia because when she, I mean, not that I ever did. Yeah, yeah. When she met for lunch with Cynthia and Candy, I think it was, (coughs) excuse me, she said, you know, if I have to sacrifice my comfort level for them to have a good relationship, talking about Dennis and PJ, I'll do that. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not sure I could have done that in that mental space with a baby that young and a husband, a partner that was cheating on me. I'm not sure. I would have liked to get to that point and I'm sure I would have done, but I don't think I, I'm not sure I could have got to it at that point. So I think for her to be there is so indicative of what, a great mom she's going to be. Absolutely. I feel like her growth has been pretty tremendous through throughout the past few seasons, but I think in particular just kind of having this baby and getting to this like emotionally mature point because she's also sitting down with Candy and Cynthia who's she's previous like last season she had a lot of issues with. Yeah. Um but she came to that lunch, was open, was real. I felt she was vulnerable and I I think, you know, it really reminded me a lot of like what we talked about with Chloe Kardashian who is in the same situation that it's really nice to see mature responses to really shitty things in life. And I think it just speaks to emotional growth. And, you know, that sentence right there proves that Porsche is going to be a fantastic mom, like that she's willing to kind of put some things aside just so that they can have a relationship and be a little bit uncomfortable. I think that's what being adult is all about, right? 100%. And I think it's interesting because she can... Candy says it as well. You know, she's like, you just don't look like yourself. And there does seem to be a little bit of sparky Portia missing. Um, But, you know, I think she's coping and I feel like she's talking to her mom and her sister. And I I feel like she's got a support system, which is good. Um, But I'll be really interesting to see how this plays out because obviously she went to therapy. That didn't seem to go very well. Right. It was the first time he truly confirmed the cheating um so yeah it's i feel for her as a new mom it's a rough start totally especially you know a real mom to a daughter as well i think because you're also balancing what you want how you want your daughter to be i'm, I'm speculating because obviously i have boys but i do this with them as well like you really want to model great you know great behavior and great reactions to things because you want them to be, you know, little adults. And I think especially for women, like when that happens, you want your daughters to see you be strong, you know, yeah, and not let people take advantage of you. I have a quick question for you though, because she's like, PJ is two, about two to three months. And I know that obviously uh, maternity leave in the U S is not the same as in the UK. Um, But She's like, they're saying she's really extended her maternity leave. So what is it? What is maternity leave in the U.S.? Typically six weeks. 
Six weeks. Six weeks. So if you go beyond six weeks, you can take beyond six weeks, but you don't won't necessarily get paid. Right. Yeah. So, so like so- a lot of people typically game the system by saving up sick time because you've got sick time as well and vacation time. So there are a lot of people that I know who have, you know, worked before having babies and they just saved. They saved all the vacation time, all their sick time, and then had their maternity time to kind of pad it out. But that's still not very long. I mean, people may get four weeks of vacation here. Yeah. May, and I mean, I think that's good. Like I think typical is about two weeks and you may get the same amount for sick time. So it, it's not even three months that's crazy which is shocking in the uk if uh i mean it varies but it is six months to sometimes a year but it's very much it would be unheard of really for somebody to expect you to go back to work i don't because i'm not employed yeah because i'm freelance um but i'm pretty sure it's at least six months yeah, it is. So when I was pregnant with Tate, I, I, my oldest, I lived in England and I worked for somebody who kind of did a match share. So you had a year of maternity leave and then like what you were paid was varied. So like the first six, yeah. I think like the first six months was full pay and the next three months, you know, went down. But I think their six months of full pay was longer than typical anyways. Yeah. Cause I think it's like three months of full pay, then you go down, yeah. but they, you know, you they did something to where you got that. And I mean, I was blown away by how supportive that felt, especially coming from America where we do have such short maternal leave. Like I, I don't know how people do it after six weeks. No, because if you because if you do have to go back after six weeks, like if you're not able yeah. to save up the pay right. or if you just have like, you got need, sick need right. the money, yeah. like to, to leave your six-week-old baby is a huge ask. Plus – you know, at six weeks, I'm not sure I wasn't still maybe bleeding a bit or yeah. like that's rough. But anyway, she's yeah. I was it was just a question that I wanted because I didn't yeah, know yeah. If everybody would know the difference. Um, right. So yeah, we'll see how it develops for Portia. Um Kenya's back. Mark Daly seems like a funny fish to me. Yeah, and I mean, he he's never really on the show, so you can't really get a good sense of kind of who he is, but I definitely feel like in their relationship after watching these two episodes, that there were things that were not discussed, and I I don't know whose fault that lies with. It was probably just, you know, being in love and like being together, and sometimes you don't talk about that deep stuff before, but I think before having a kid, you need to decide where you're going to live, and you know, I, I, I don't think that's probably the only problem, but I think that's the most glaring problem is that he's got business in New York and lives in New York and she has business in Atlanta and so lives in Atlanta. And I mean, that's a huge issue. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, do you get the feeling that she's trying to be this sort of cookie cutter wife? Like she's trying to, there seems to be this kind of Kenya who was always so strong-willed, balls out, independent now seems to be kind of kowtowing to this slightly controlling, for want of a better word, right. guy. And and I mentioned to you in the in our little meeting beforehand, I was like, how weird was it when she was like, he wouldn't be happy with another man holding his daughter? I was like, that is, that rings all sorts of crazy alarm bells for me. No, I totally agree. Like I was telling you, she was on Watch What Happens Live after that episode, and she clarified and said he's actually never said that to her. But I felt like, I I tend to feel like if you say something in a moment, 
Like that's probably the truth versus when you've gone back and had time to think or whatever. Um, Yeah, I, I miss the fiery... Kenya, because I feel like yeah. the Kenya that we've seen in previous seasons would just be like, well, fuck it. I'm doing this on my own. Like, you don't want to be here. Bye. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because the relationship is new and they've just had a baby and she just doesn't know how to navigate all that. And she's maybe a little bit lost herself. I mean, I think, you know, that that's a lot of change in one way. But Yeah. For me, I think it just all comes back to this fear of rejection of what she has like she's finally found this guy that's loved her that loves her that puts a ring on it that gives her the baby she's gonna do everything to make sure he doesn't reject her I think that comes from that mum relationship thing which I always feel for her even though she's mad as a box of fucking frogs like that I can always empathize with so I think maybe it's all tied up in that but there is that kind of it doesn't feel like a healthy authentic genuine relationship no Um, no I totally agree with you it doesn't but he is on screen for the first time. Like, I mean, I know he showed up at the end of the last season she was in, but so right. he seems to be on screen when he's around, which he never was before. So yeah. maybe we will get to know a little bit more about good old Mr. Daly. Yeah, maybe we will. And I mean, you know, I think was, as we all have heard kind of in the press or whatever, that they are now separated, but neither of them have filed the divorce papers. So it'd be interesting to see if there does end up being kind of a reconciliation and something coming together. But man, it's 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 hard, I think, having to deal with that while also dealing with having a newborn baby and your life just being totally different and uprooted. It's it's hard to make single, all those big and changes. And parenting sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, people do it, and I know phenomenal single parents, but it's really, really fucking hard. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I I don't care if you've got bags of money or, you know, nannies obviously make it easier, but it's still really hard to be the only only human fundamentally responsible for a small baby. Like, that is really hard. I think it's super interesting with Atlanta right now how we do kind of have all these different family dynamics because, like... Obviously, Kenya and Portia have just had a baby. Eva's pregnant again, so this is baby number three. The first Man, time a baby in wedlock. Like she gets pregnant, like at the drop of a hat. Absolutely, and you, just you know, throw some sperm at her, right? and she gets pregnant. <laughs> well, she's young too. <laughs> she's got those young, healthy ovaries. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and we see him being, you know, really involved and like super excited about that. And then we've got Candy who is going through surrogacy after she's had her daughter, Riley, and she was a single parent for a very long time. And then when she married Todd, they had Ace, and now they're having a a surrogate having their baby. And I think it's really fascinating kind of seeing the differences and all these different ways to create a family um, is pretty fascinating. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got Marlo, who's kind of inherited three... Her nieces and nephews, or nephews, I think they all are. Yeah, I think um, they're boys. I think they're all boys. Uh, because obviously her sister has a sort of quite serious mental health issue. So she's had them for, did she say five months or something? She Three did. Months. She yeah. did. So she's gone from like being Marlo the crazy, terrible. Um, yeah. Marlo the mental to all of a sudden <laughs> having to, I mean, going from no kids to three kids. Like, yeah. credit where credit's due. And it's this That's is hard. probably the first time in 12 seasons I've been able to give Marlo any credit. But yeah. But I have to give that's hard. And she stepped up. And I think it's I think it's cool to see her step up and I'm excited to see what she how that affects her. Yeah, I agree. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how 
if we see a softer Marlo, if this kind of softens her and makes her a little bit more understanding to what other people are going through, because I feel like that's always been my impression of Marlo is she's just so hard. Yeah. She's hard to get to know. She doesn't really let anybody in. She's kind of an asshole to everybody. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see if there's any changes in her throughout this season. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got Cynthia who and Noelle is off at college. Now, I was unsure about this, but it I wasn't sure whether Noelle was just back from college temporarily or whether she ditched college because we know that she struggled right. finding her feet there. I got the impression that she left, but I don't know if that's the correct impression. Like, well, I got the should... impression that she's moved back to Atlanta. Right. Okay. Well, we, we could maybe, I might might do, might do, do a little a research, research for us, doll. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we can find an answer on that. But I think, obviously, she's come out as being fluid. Um, right. Love is love. Doesn't matter who. And, you know, that's got to be tricky for Cynthia to navigate, but they seem to be figuring it out again props to some great mothering there from Cynthia absolutely I mean I think that's Cynthia was also kind of a it was a single parent as well I mean I Noelle has a great relationship with her dad but Cynthia you know raised her on her own too I think we've got a bunch of very strong independent women just trying to find their way in a variety of different situations but it's cool to watch yeah it is and I and I'm uh, I mean, we haven't seen Nini yet, so I don't know what that's no. <laughs> going to bring. Talk, talking of strong women, um, right? I have. We don't know what that's going to bring, but um, I think we're going to see her in the next episode. We've got. I mean, overall, beyond kind of everything we've talked about, we've got kind of Kenya and Eva going head to head a little bit. Cynthia, sort of. Cynthia is a, a little bit needy this season. She is, but I, th- I think it's all caught up in her wanting to, you know, being very thirsty for a man, being very thirsty for a husband. Yeah, she reminds me of Kenya. Remember Kenya like yeah. seasons and seasons ago when she was like that awkward thing with that guy that she was dating, like basically begging him to it propose. It was awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we've got we've got a little touch of Cynthia's got a touch of the Kenyas this season. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, from the woman who said she'd never get married again. Right. She can't wait to get down there. And then, of course, Portia comes and shags Dennis. Yeah. I mean, I think that's to be expected. There's a lot of backsliding all over the place. I mean, I, I can't so. imagine how vulnerable she must feel at the moment and alone. And I don't know. Like, I'm I'm willing to, I don't, th- I I don't think too. it's going to change anything, but I'm totally willing to, like, let backslides be backslides. <laughs> I am too. I mean, for me, it's more that she's just had a baby six weeks ago. And let me tell you, it was a lot longer than six weeks before I let anything go in the other direction. <laughs> Once anything the baby back had in. come out. Yeah. It was all very much about the out uh, uh, for at least maybe two to three months. But anyway, right. props to her. She's bounced back. Uh, but yeah, we'll see uh, how that goes. And you're right. It is probably to be expected. Uh, but we'll get Nini back next week. So let's uh, yeah. see what happens there. All right, should we head to Thailand? Yes, please, and to the penis ravine. The penis ravine. You can have a small one as long as you have a deep ravine, according and he really to Kate. Does have a deep ravine? Yeah. Uh, it's not a term I was familiar with, but it's a term that I shall be ever grateful uh, to Kate <laughs> for, for giving me, and we'll use it uh, regularly now. Absolutely. 
Kate's gold for some of those, man. Like she's got some of the greatest like one-off. Yeah. Yeah, she's got good banter, hasn't she? She does. Uh, I remember one of our messages on Instagram was like, who is going to be the first to flip? And here it is. Good old Abby has flipped. Abby Uh, wants to leave. And I wrote down, does she just want to quit because it's new? Like, you're just in this. Like, I don't don't know. I'm really disappointed because I started out really liking her and she's very quickly become unlikable in my book. She's a massively whiny bitch, and I am too hungover to pussyfoot around this. She doesn't like work. She doesn't mm-hmm. like work. It's that simple, and it doesn't matter what it is. She's probably shit on a sailboat, too. She just doesn't like work, and I just, I've never been more pleased to see somebody leave a boat, apart from the crazy Russian chef. She was yeah. scary. But they even, I mean, they held on to her longer than Abby held on to like this job. I know. And Kate's like, you've got four weeks left, like four weeks, potentially yeah. like maybe six grand. Like what, right. you just stick it out in Thailand, like just fucking polish some fucking windows, you whingy, whiny cow. You know, in my opinion, like if you just like shut the fuck up and did your job, like I feel that time would go by very quickly because yeah. you're always busy. Totally. It's not like you're There's in a cube. What you know, looking at a cubicle, having to like do cold calling or whatever. I mean, there are far worse jobs on the planet than being a yacht deckhand in Thailand. Yeah, I just think for her, it's like when the going gets tough, she just fucks off. But also, can I ask a very important question? Yes. Why the fuck is she wearing an anorak in 94 degrees of heat? She's an idiot. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, that was kind of my question about even wearing her hair down. I mean, I grew up in Texas where walking outside in the summer is like walking into a brick wall, like the yeah. humidity and everything. And I've textured hair, so it gets kind of all crazy and all over the place. It's so difficult for you. I'm so sorry. Yeah, just wear it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for feeling my pain and emotions of the 14-year-old Reagan in Houston, I Texas. Such, I'm such an empath. <laughs> that, that, I just can't help it. <laughs> So, um, like, why would you tie up your hair either when it's, like, 96 degrees at 7 a.m. in the morning? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Do you know what? Anybody who goes, I just don't, I'm not really a rules person. I'm like, well, then you're a dick. And I'm not saying yeah. you just have to <laughs> blindly follow rules. But right? just fucking the real world means that you just sometimes have to fucking do what you're told to do. Stop being a spoiled brat. Just do your fucking job. Get boat and get yeah. off my television. Yeah. So we're done uh, with her. She's yeah, gone. So she's good. Yeah. She was a bit weird Bye-bye. about leaving too. Like she got all weirdly emotional about it. And I was like, why are you pulling out this emo card? Like you wanted to go. <laughs> why do you think they're going to let you hang around for like, do you think they're just going to let you hang around for a week? And then you she got all. Like, oh. She's like, you're just going to drop me on the dock? Well, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Uh. Now you go to the airport, babe. That's what you do. <laughs> Right? Aren't you a grown person? Like, what did you think they were going to do? Put you on a helicopter and fly you wherever you wanted to go? I know. Just, like, uh, own your shit. Don't, like, go, I want to leave. I can't do it. It's too hard. The job sucks. And then go, oh, but hang on a minute. You're just going to kick me off the boat. Yes, yes. That's exactly what happens. You're done working. Goodbye. It's like saying, it's like somebody who's, like, leaving an office job goes, you know, they get fired or they say, I'm done. And then they stop and go, sorry, you couldn't just stand me a taxi, could you home? Like, no, right. that's not how it works. Could you help carry my box of knickknacks from my desk down to yeah. my car? Like, no. No. No, we can't. No. You're on Ridiculous. Your 
Um, anyway, so she's gone. That's good. We don't have to talk about her and her hair anymore. Um, but Ashton, I feel should we let, should uh, we do Ashton now or maybe we'd, let's do Ashton now while I'm yeah. fired up about Abby. Yeah, do it while the fire's on. Uh, I just can't even believe the things that come out of that man's mouth when he's drunk. The I'm so tired of trying so hard to get my dick sucked comment was just ridiculous. Like, I feel Ashton needs to reevaluate his relationship with alcohol and maybe pull it back. Yeah, I mean, quickly followed up by wish we had girls who are just willing to have fun and bang. Yeah. Like, dude, I get being, I get having a few drinks and getting flirty and if that's what you think you're doing, yeah. you're not. What you're no. doing is having a few drinks and turning into Harvey Weinstein. And it <laughs> needs to stop. <laughs> it needs to stop. Because the wine, Steen, is not I good for you. No. You like I, I do like that. It's, it's really disappointing. And, it's disappointing yeah. to me because I feel like we were seeing a much more mature Ashton, like really kicking ass at his job and trying to do right by people. And we saw these little glimpses and then he just went full on bad shit yeah. this night out, like made out with Kate and she's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't, uh, I mean, you know, it's each to their own, but that right. wasn't um, a consensual kiss. Like, she didn't ask for it. There was no lead up to that. He literally just went for it because he wanted to piss off Brian and Courtney. Like, he Yeah, who could give two fucks? Yeah. And, and even Brian's like, Ashton's not a cock block when, he, like, Ashton's a cock block when he's had a few drinks. He's not a cock block. He's no. a cock. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's just wrong. And he needs to, te- like, for me, I'm all up for a laugh, but actually this is serious and he could get yeah. himself into a lot of fucking trouble and he needs to stop. Absolutely, because I think we saw him, like, last season, he had a lot of, like, drunken antics, but I don't feel like they were as aggressive Mm -hmm. as he's being this night out. Do we need to pause? Yeah, no, uh, Reagan's just asked me if we needed to pause (laughs) very quietly, very professionally, because um, you may be able to hear my kids screaming downstairs and the door's slamming. Um, It's Friday, they're tired, it's Billy's birthday tomorrow. No, it's fine. I'm excited. Um, so I'm going to plow on for now, but we'll okay. see. Maybe that, you know, I might have to do a quick exit, but for now I think yeah. we're fine. Um, but yeah, I think I'm interested to see how he responds to this in the next episode, how he deals with how he spoke to Courtney at the end of right. the night, what he did to Kate, the things he said. Um, because obviously we've seen him on Watch What Happens Live, but I want to see how he de- how he deals with it right. the morning in the after. moment. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... Oh, God, it's all Super. kicking off now. My kids are screaming. Your phone's ringing. Reagan, we just had a conversation because I, we do this on Skype as well, and I Skype it on my... Now the fucking doorbell's going. <laughs> it's all exploding today, oh, people. Oh, fucking Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, I don't know yeah. where we are, but basically... So we, we saw him on... We saw him on Watch What Happens Live being very apologetic and just being like, you know, it's really hard to watch yourself being that drunk and disrespectful on TV. I've definitely changed my ways, but I think you're right. It'll be super interesting to see how he rebounds um, on the next episode. 
Yeah, and talking of that, we saw a little love, maybe a little blossoming of something between Courtney and Brian. Courtney is kind of slowly growing on me. I agree. And I think Brian has done a real turnaround from him being a dickhead when they first went out drinking. Like we see him today, like take the tender or, you know, he took the tender out for Courtney and they just had like a lovely day. He wasn't all aggro. He wasn't all, you know, trying to get all up in there. Like he's actually trying to get to know her. And I think that's the way in for Courtney. I mean, that's the way she said that's the way in for me is, you know, I need to get to know people first. I mean, it's not unreasonable, is it? No. I mean, I feel like, I feel <laughs> Shocker. Like that, if, that's, if that's a struggle for the guys to figure out, like, yeah. then more for them. Because, frankly, Courtney is, I mean, she's she's bang on, but it isn't rocket science. No. No, it's not. We also um, see Tanner. Like, I'm. this is another I, thing. I probably should have linked to the Abby stuff because I got super pissed off at her. Because, like, we see Tanner, who is legit sick. Legit. Still legit sick. Like days. He's been puking like, for days. I know. And he's just like working and carrying on and like doing it with a happy face. And uh, oh. I've got to be honest, my uh, crush on Tanner grows stronger every week. And I might be fancying him a little bit more than Chef Ben. <gasps> I know. I can't even believe wow. I said it myself. But, but, but all of a sudden, he's taller, he's darker, he's, like, fit, and he's just proved to be such a trooper. I love a team player, and he can play in my team any day. <laughs> Do you hear that, Tanner? I mean, those, that, that's strong, strong words, uh-huh. putting him up against Chef Ben. He's going to be really pleased that, that I'm sure Tanner's going to be delighted that uh, that I fancy the pants off him. Um, well, but he's I also just such like- a champ. And I like that he has grown up enough to be like, I'm not going out. Like, I just need to be in bed. Yeah. He's just, and also he was like, you know, and I, he got the measure of Abby. He's like, this girl is just like a tornado of emotions. And, right. and he's right. She's mental. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's, I hope he's better. I want I want him just to be better. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, even, I, I, tell, I tell you what, even Kevin managed to redeem himself with Captain Lee. I know. I mean, this is like the redemption episode for some, um, the downfall of others. But um, I also liked Tanner's little flirt with Simone as well. Like, I like that that's kind of happening. I do too. Because they're super cute. I don't think cute. it will happen. No. I think they're both. I think Simone is is reasonable. And I think, like, she'll keep up the flirt, but I don't think she's really looking no, no, I think, I think it's cute, but I don't think it'll happen. And I, that could be just because I don't want it to happen. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd be, I think she needs somebody smarter. Like, I think she needs somebody who's going to challenge her a little bit more. He's pretty. I don't know how. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because she's super smart. Right. You know, he's just like probably regular smarts. Maybe it's not quite enough for her. Maybe she needs someone to like show her like how to have a good time because sometimes you got to turn your brain off and just dance. I mean, she's good at that too. So maybe she doesn't need to learn it. It'll be a nice flirtation to watch regardless. It really will. Also, I think it needs, um, I think the t-shirts that the girls wore, the charter guests really need a mention because I did love their let's get shit faced. Uh, yeah. T-shirts. I thought that was, you know how much I love a pun. Yeah. No, they uh, were so brilliant. That was, Super yeah, cute. That was strong for me. They were great guests too. They were great. They were just normal. Yeah. Girls. 
Yeah. I loved that. They looked that it felt like we could have been on that boat and right. we would have had a good time. Yeah, I think any of us, listeners, us too, they were like normal girls having a great time. Nobody was like passed out in a weird hidden corner of the boat. Like <laughs> they just had to have, they just had a good time. Um, I'm going to take this moment to call out Captain Lee a little bit though, because yes. um, as you may know, at the beginning of the week, I got very, very excited because Captain Lee followed us on Instagram. Yes, he did for a brief I, moment. Like, for a brief moment, then he unfollowed us, which was the probably the most brutal thing I've had to deal with this week. And if you know me, that's saying quite a lot for this last week. Yeah. I mean, poor, so what's, what's up, Captain he doing? Lee? You can't toy with my emotions in that way, Captain no, Lee. No, it's I'm just not cruel. strong enough for this. Yeah, it's cruel. You are taunting me and I, well, taunting us both. And frankly, yeah. we're not having it anymore. No, hair flipped to the side. Uh-huh, door slam. Uh, All right. OC. So we head to California? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Whew. Right about now, there's a little bit of me that's wishing I wasn't... As I'm, as I'm looking down the barrel of discussing Shannon, Tamara, there's a little bit of me that's wishing I wasn't as hungover as I am. But I'm going to dig deep and we're going to plow on through. Yeah, so I think you and I talked about... We, I know we talked about it. I don't think that we talked about this. But this was a really kids-focused... Yeah. Part of like the season. It was a kids focused episode. We see, you know, a lot of kids moving on, all these kids going through different changes in their lives. Mom roles are a little bit different. Um, we see kind of Bronwyn going to college with her daughter. We see Kelly and Jolie kind of, you know, talking about like her first trip to London on her own. And then we see poor. I just blanked on his name. Ryan. Poor Ryan. And Tamara and Ryan is just really struggling at the moment. And, you know, I think it's brave of him to do it on the show because I think while women talk very openly about mental health and, you know, while maybe we don't open up about all of our struggles, we're pretty open about how we're feeling on the day to day. And I feel like Ryan just hasn't. And I feel it's it's really kind of nice to see him kind of finally facing some of these things that he's been struggling with. Yeah, and I think even more so for Ryan because he is this kind of very, like, right-wing, man's man kind of guy. And, you know, I think you're right. I think the bra- his bravery should be commended. But also, just in terms, like you say, of male mental health, like, male suicide rates are astronomical. Yeah. Because, because they don't feel that they can talk because there's this toxic masculinity that that, that actually... Eddie really reinforces in this episode. And you and I both had a chat about this because I have always liked Eddie. I've always felt that he grounds Tamara, that he's the voice of reason, that he's kind and calm and measured. And then when I hear him talking about his reaction to Ryan and the struggles, that kind of a guy dealing with these emotions at this age is not even a man and he should just pull himself together and get the fuck over it. Well, I think yeah. his exact words. I was, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I was genuinely blown away by that comment from him. No, I was too, because it, for me, it comes totally out of left field from what yeah. we've seen of Eddie's personality. I mean, I'm sure a couple of weeks ago, we were just commending him for being like really cool about the whole Tamara Bronwyn thing and not like playing into the drama and being very secure in his wife and his life and being okay with this. Like, 
my jaw dropped open when he said that. Yeah. It's it's the farthest thing that I felt like I could hear come out of his mouth. And I, d- I don't think there's any excuse for it. I don't know if it comes from a place of just being really worn down by a lot of these issues, but it's not an excuse. Like, I just, I, I can't yeah. even imagine someone feeling that way. And I think as well, like, I, I can, A, it pisses me off because it's just wrong. But also it it's really thoughtless in terms of his relationship with Tamara because he's we've just seen them have a chat and he's just seen how devastated right. she is and she's just conveyed the seriousness of his issues. Like this isn't just Ryan whinging and bitching and moaning. This is like an actual depression right. issue. And for Eddie to, all right, even if he doesn't care about Ryan that much as a stepson, like for him to not care about Tamara enough to show some kind of empathy or sympathy for Ryan for me is is mind-boggling and if I was Tamara and heard my husband talk about my son like that my son that I was devastatingly worried about I would be fucking furious oh yeah and I mean I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up in the reunion I'm a hundred percent positive Andy will bring it up to have a chat about that because ultimately Eddie and Ryan were friends first I feel like that's how Tamara met Eddie because, like, they were friends. Oh, really? Like, a, yeah, a gym I mean, friends. Yeah, maybe. like, 100% correct me if I'm wrong about this, but, like, and and they they were quite close. And then, then Eddie and Tamara met, and, like, it was all this great kind of, you know, relationship. And I can't imagine what Ryan must feel when he watches no. Eddie speak about him that way. And it just, yeah, it devastated me because I have a lot of time for Eddie, and I'm not so much right now. No, me too. And, you know, and I, I, I think in previous episodes I've talked about Ryan kind of it's always somebody else's fault with him. And and I think this was a season because he's now opened up a little bit more and we can see the real issues and the real vulnerability that goes along with those thoughts. Those thoughts contextualized made sense because I was like, it must be really hard right. to look at your younger siblings and see them have all the opportunities that he never ever had and even the like coolest most zen people would find that very difficult to deal with um because those are your formative years and it's not like oh he's got loads of opportunities now it's fine actually without those opportunities in his formative years it has kind of given him a little bit of a bum deal right i Um, mean he's got he's got baggage that those younger kids don't have and yeah that's just a fact. Like he grew up in a very different way. He has baggage from the way that he grew up. And, you know, when you have depression, like that's got to be very hard to watch and then internalize and then feel shit about that you have yeah. that baggage and that you have to deal with it. I'm, I'm really happy he's getting help. I'm really proud of Tamara for kind of almost putting her foot down and being like, no, you're getting help. Call it a life coach. Call it whatever you want. We need yeah. to go. Um, I'm Um, glad she's taking it seriously and really being there for him. Me too. I just wish Eddie would as well, because I think, you know, that will take the village. Exactly. It takes a village and you need everybody to be on the same page. And it just feels so, I mean, I can't even imagine some of the most kind of conservative, uh, laced up people saying that about somebody like it just is so incongruous with everything else that Eddie seems to be 
Well, especially if you look at one of one of Ryan's main issues is he didn't have a strong, loving, caring father figure throughout yeah. his whole life, which he talks about. And I think for a while, Eddie actually has been the most caring and, you know, the most present, or at least the one that's there for him. And, um, yeah, that's got to be shattering. Well, we'll see. I can't wait yeah. to see the reunion chat on it. But, um, but yeah, I'm interested. I, I, I'm really excited to see Ryan plow on with this because I do think it's super important that it's out there. And I don't think... I can't think of another show that's really no. done that with a man and mental right. health. So I think that in itself could is is kind of uh, deserves recognition. Um, and then of course we get into the ta- like let's leave nice, caring, thoughtful yeah. mum Tamra right. behind for a bit, and let's now move on to uh, crazy Tamra. She came in to that meeting with Shannon so fucking hot. I wrote exactly the same. Like thing, it shocked me. Me too. Because I me think too. Shannon came in there very cool, really wanting to chat about it and be open and honest about what she said, how she felt. And Tamara was just like, you know why I think though? Uh, I think she was. I think Tamara. Essentially, Tamara's been rumbled. Essentially, everybody's fucking sat down, taken a minute, and talked to each other, and she's been found out. And I think she knows she's been found out. So I think right. this was defensive. This was Tamara in a corner, fight, lashing out, fighting back. And I think she went for Shannon because it's easier than going for Kelly. I think she. Oh thought, yeah. Th- I think that was what that is. And I think right. in the end, she realized she didn't have a choice. It was going to be her against Kelly because yeah, everything Shannon said was a hundred percent true. Right. Um, but you're right. Like Tamara scared me. And I think it shocked the shit out of Shannon as well. Well, I feel it's the Tamara from many, many seasons ago. Like we have seen this Tamara. She's been a little, she's been dormant for a while, but like once, you know, if, if she's in there, she's in there. Um, and I felt really bad for Shannon actually. Cause I was just like, holy shit. Like you're coming to your friend to have this chat and she's ready for blood, but I think you're right. I think it was easy to turn on Shannon, so she did, and now she's going to actually have to deal with the real, the real issue. So that should be interesting. Yeah, and I have to say, I think Tamara going up against Kelly is. I think that is going to be explosive, and and you can see in the teasers that they're already like lining up their soldiers. So we see Tamara talking to Bronwyn about what. Kelly has said or what right. Kelly has said she said whatever it was I don't know but essentially Tamara is now off to get the information like this seems like we are preparing for battle yeah so I think is the next episode the last episode before the reunion what is it is are we it there already I don't know again we'll we need to do our no, research I think we're like I think maybe we have a couple um but we're nearing the end because they have filmed the reunion already. They're done filming. I know. We're in episode 15 because I remember thinking, oh, they filmed the reunion right. and there's still maybe five, six to go. This epi- I'm sure it was episode 15. I don't think they've got 20 episodes, though. I don't think they do 20. I think it's about eight. With the reunion. I thought it was 18 before the reunion. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Like, we're getting Again. close. Things are going to start exploding. It makes me so excited to see the reunion because I love how Andy deals with these conflicts. And I think 
I think it's going to be fascinating. He's the king of shade. Like, I love the way he just, like, he just does that thing where he, like, just drops a little bomb in and then just sits back and just walks. He does a Tamara. <laughs> yeah, he does, he does a Tamara. But he does it with such style and class. Yes, and he doesn't and do grace. it hidden behind doors. He does no. it right in front of everybody. Yeah, like, um, I'm going to tell you this. Now I'd like you to discuss. <laughs> yeah, but essentially, Tamara's been busted being a backstabbing bitch is what the storyline is. So we'll just have yeah. to see because I think Kelly is going to go postal on her. Yeah, we'll see if that's the truth sauce. Shall we uh, uh, head over to the East Coast? Yes. New Jersey. How is that? Not great. Okay. Not great, but uh, A for effort. I <laughs> <laughs> um, What I liked is that this episode wasn't 100% taken up with Joe and Teresa. We had a little bit at the beginning. I feel right. like, I think because we've watched a special and it's because all that everybody's talking about, I was worried that this season would just be kind of Redundant. overshadowed by right. this whole storyline. But instead we start off, uh, well, we we just get Joey's book launch out the way because I just want to say I really love Joey Gorga. I love that whole family. I love Melissa yeah. and Joe's marriage. I love their relationships with their kids. Their kids are pretty great too. And their relationship like between him and his dad. Like it's so nice to see men who express affection and respect. And I love that about their dynamic. I mean, you know, if you really stop and think about it, like Joe and Teresa's dad is a mega badass. Like he lost his wife, his only wife, um, and probably will only be, you know, doesn't look like he's going to get remarried. Well, has moved in with his daughter, is really helping take care of the girls and being there for them. You know, he's there for his son, like, I just love him. He's I such a cute Italian grandpa, little no-no. He's like a, a man of few words, but he, he always like occasionally says something and you're like, yes, you're so right. Yeah. But I love like they had a little kiss on the lips, him and Joey. And and I just, I'm with you. I think that little Gorga family with Melissa and Joey is is beautiful. And I love that we saw them struggle a little bit when she wanted more independence with Envy right. and he kicked back and it's not all perfect, but I think that they communicate really well. They respect each other enough to make concessions. And I think Joey has, I think they're just so fabulous. Well, and I was going to say that. I feel like he's really come around and actually is really supportive of her work now. Like, we definitely saw the struggles, but I think that's real. Like, I think yeah. when you go to make that kind of change in your marriage and your dynamic, it is going to be a struggle for a little bit. But I think this is why we see that it is such a great marriage because he has come back around and been really supportive. I agree. And then before we move on to kind of, we're going to talk about the bullying element and we're going to talk about Danielle. But before we right. do, I just, can we just have a little round of applause for our favorite thruple, Dolores, David, and Frank? Oh my gosh, how cute are they? I love them so much. I love that, like, Dolores just is like whipping them both into shape. Like, she's like, come on, boys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I love it. They're the best thruple I've ever seen. Um, I love that, you know, Frank is help, is like building David's house. And, <laughs> and Frank's and, like, sure, know, I'm going to take her boyfriend's money. Right, and Dolores is calling all the shots about where things are going. <laughs> like, who knows if she'll actually live in this house because I don't think she's ever going to leave the house that she's in now. But, um, no. yeah, it's just nice seeing them all get along. And it's nice to see Dolores and David kind of work through some of their struggles from last season about, like, not spending a lot of time together. And it definitely looks like he's putting in more of an effort. But you would, would you, if your girlfriend was living with her ex-husband? I know. Yeah, there is that. Like, maybe he's stepping up because 
yeah you, know, you want to get in, you want to get in the middle of that but i agree it's nice to see him on camera and they've been together for a long time so yeah you know we're talking two or three years so it's about time they have to figure it out it looks right. like it's going well um but they are my favorite my i think that little triangle is just the cutest darn thing yeah so shall um, uh shall we dive into the danielle drama should we do danielle or bullying first maybe we should do the Bullying first. Let's let's talk bullying, and then we've got more time for Danielle. Yeah, because it's actually quite fitting, as it is anti-bullying yes. week this week. Absolutely, I am like mind boggled that we see this conversation that Jennifer is having with her daughter Gabriella and about you know cyberbullying and all this kind of stuff, and it knocks me for one that Jennifer does not connect the dots about what <laughs> she did. To Jackie, making fun of her, she does not connect that to like anything that her daughter is talking about, even though it's the, like the exact same thing. Yeah, and I think it's you know I, I liked that Marge called her out on it. Margaret called her out on it. And yeah, she was like, do you not think that that's what you did? And 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 Jennifer's response was really telling, and she said, well. What happens between adults is very very different to what happens between children. And here's the thing, Jennifer, it really isn't. No, like that's that's the sad thing about yeah. this whole situation is that it's exactly the same. Bullying is bullying whether you are thirteen or thirty three, and I'm with you. Her complete lack of awareness on that is is crazy. Yeah, I just kind of want to like hold up a mirror and just be like, just take a few minutes. We'll wait. Well, I think we saw a little teaser where actually it looks like her daughter Gabriella does that to her in the next episode. Right. So I hope that she really does call her mum out for that because it's it's clear as day that Jennifer fucked up. And here's the thing, it's not irredeemable. Like all she needs no. to do is go, I'm really sorry. Like I get it and I shouldn't have done it. Well, and as That's someone it. who has been bullied before, like, I think that is what kind of leads her up to this, like, need for acceptance. Like, she opened up about she was bullied when she was younger. And I feel like, well, that's why you're trying to get acceptance from Teresa and her friends. And you did this. Like, connect the motherfucking dots, lady. <laughs> I know. Land the fucking plane, as Margaret yeah. would say. Yeah, land um, the fucking plane. Yeah, so she needs, she she just needs to have a good hard word with herself. Um, and I, you know, I really hope she can eventually see it, but I think it's a shame that it's taken her this damn long. And it's a shame that your daughter has to call you out for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, surely we're all better than that at this point. Yeah. Um. So right. yeah. So so here we go. Enter as Margaret calls her, the Duchess of Dicks. <laughs> Danielle. Yes. Uh, oh, Whose original you. name was Barbara? <laughs> no, Beverly. Beverly, Beverly, that's right. I knew it was a B. See, that was, that was, that was the, that's the wine. Yeah. Uh, that's the wine. Yeah, Beverly. Um, I, I'd change my name as well if it was Beverly. Sorry, Beverly's out there. Um, but I do love the... Um, Jennifer just like called her on it and she's like, oh, well, your real name's Beverly. And you can just imagine what Danielle's face was like. Which is kind of ridiculous because I actually don't necessarily fault Jennifer for that. Like that was no. her name and Danielle could have handled that so much better. And I feel like that's the story of Danielle's life. You could have handled that a lot better. Like I just, 
I, I, I really dislike her. I think she is thirsty as fuck for everything. She's She's a despicable human being. Like she's just gross. Gross. No, you're right. That's the only word. And I'm not saying gross because of actions or anything that she may have done in her past. Like, shit, we all have fucking past. We've all done questionable things. But, like, I feel just her core is yeah. gross. Yeah, it is. Her, her very soul is dark and yeah. dead and rabid. And, and, and I get And I get that it, it probably comes from something awful. Yeah, but, I mean, it all stems from something, but... and we But we don't have that context, and without that context, no. all we can do is look at the behavior in front of us, and it is absolutely, consistently disgusting. She yeah. is vile. And, and I'm really with Margaret on this, because I just think Margaret really put everything into it last season. Like, oh, yeah. Really tried with Danielle, was really there for her. And when the going got tough, Danielle just fucking stabbed her in the back and it's and i and i'm with marge on this i think marge really has finally seen what we all see yeah about danielle well and like i think danielle just decided that she didn't want to like margaret again like i don't think it was anything that actually happened i think she was just like nope i'm not gonna like her anymore i'm gonna be a dick yeah. Do you know what I think it was? I think Teresa came back into the picture. Right. And I think Danielle, Danielle decided, actually, she's more useful. She's a better friend for me to have. Let's fuck off Margaret, and I'm going to stick with, da- right. with Teresa. But we talked about this as well. Like, Teresa, for somebody who calls bullshit at the slightest whiff of, you know, an airy fart, she... <laughs> she I Yeah, I, so I don't know where that came no, from. No, that's great. Um, she seems resolutely against calling out Danielle on her bullshit. Yeah, I I don't understand it at all because I feel like, in a way, Teresa's in this, like, like living in a pile of bullshit with this girl and just blatantly refuses to see it. I mean, it's... I wonder if Danielle has... We talked about... We both thought this, actually, but we wondered if Danielle has something on Teresa. Um... Because I cannot imagine anybody else getting away with that behavior. I have never seen Teresa be this fiercely loyal to anyone. And we've we've watched her for a very long time. Not even Joe. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand it. Like, it, it defies all logic for me. It defies everything that I feel I know about Teresa just based on what I've seen of her on the show. Um, she was fiercely loyal to Joe to a point, and then obviously we've seen that kind of go down. But I, I don't understand how she called her out for all this shit at the very, very beginning when the table flipping and all this stuff was going on. She saw who Danielle was, and now it's been a complete 180. And I understand that like she's repentant for like the things that she said, and she didn't ever want somebody saying that about anybody. But like, there's a lot of shit going on. Why yeah, aren't you I mean, saying anything? People change, but Danielle hasn't changed. Like, and, and Teresa's always been very um, morally clear about her feelings about cheating, for example, sleeping with married men, um, regardless of what might have actually happened. Right. Like, her upbringing is very conservative in that, in that area. And if it was anybody else who had stolen their most recent fiance from another girl like she would have something to say about it and she's not and I do not get it well and I don't understand her attacking Margaret then 
for calling her out on it because like, Teresa, you called Danielle a prostitution whore and flipped over a table for all of these exact reasons. And now you're jumping all over Margaret for her saying, you've done it again and you've done it to a friend of mine. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I I think she must have something on her. I think there must be something that Teresa is terrified that Danielle will bring up. And I think that is what this is. And it suits Danielle because Teresa's, Teresa brings her fame, exposure, you know, she's thirsty. And I just, something is not right. No, no. Something is uh, not kosher in the golden, in the garden state there. Yeah, something's up. Um, Having said that, I do love that Danielle's back because I just love the drama. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's reality TV. Like, they've got it. Danielle serves an important purpose in the Real Housewives of New Jersey franchise. Um, And they can do it without her being an actual housewife. And, you know, she's just in the friend zone. Yeah, so they can do it for cheap as well. They don't have to pay her a full salary. Right. Um, But she brings all the drama. Um, Yeah, it's going to be... There's no doubt this is going to be an explosive season. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Should we head to Dallas for a 50-year-old birthday party? Holy macaroni. $100,000 on a 50th and 75 grand of that was the band... And it yeah. wasn't even Maroon 5. Like, Well, who- no, it was like, I think an equally as famous country singer. I don't know him because oh, I'm not down with country music, but I think he's, I think oh. he would be the equivalent. Like, I think he's, he's quite famous. Okay. Well then, but still 75 yeah. grand, it seems like a lot when the rest of the party only cost 25. It's crazy. That party did look so much fun though. Yeah, it did look fun. It I loved the costumes. I love Stephanie's throwback to Peg Bundy from Married with Children because that was the show that I love to watch that my parents refused to let me watch. So I always watched it when like babysitters would come Did over or whatever. Did you sneak watch it? Oh yeah, because like it was it was very risque. It, it was very sweary. It was on Fox. Like pretty much, I couldn't watch anything on Fox when I was little because it was like <laughs> the risque channel. I mean, not like porn or anything like that, but I mean, it, they used bad language. They you know smoked Sexy and jokes, whatever, dirty jokes, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like my parents, that was like number one. Like that and The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch either one of those when I was super young. Like obviously when I got older, that's the way it was. But um. Cameron pulled that costume off to a T and it just made me laugh. Not, yeah, Stephanie, not Cameron, Cameron. not Cameron at all. I'm sorry. I glanced at my notes. Yeah, no, I I glanced at my notes and there are some notes about Cameron on there, but, um, yeah, Stephanie, the goddess pulled off that costume like a fucking badass. I mean, we adore her, but also I love the way she took him to that medieval dinner, knowing that he'd hate it. Like, literally, that's why she did it. She's like, I know he'd hate it. And then I called up to get him knighted because I knew he'd hate that even more. (laughs) (laughs) And then, just to make this really shit night for Travis even more shit, she goes, how's your dad? I was like, Steph, come on, babe. It was hilarious. It was like, I'm going to give you the worst pre-birthday treat ever. I but mean, that's it, their relationship, though, isn't it? I know. Like, I that's the way they roll. And it was perfect. I mean, medieval times is just fucking hilarious. 
I know. It honestly, I was howling with laughter when she was doing that. Like you know, when people like belly laughing in the back, she couldn't yeah. stop. I was crying with laughter as well, and she's like, "You're welcome, assholes." I was like, oh my God. <laughs> "Stephanie, every week you just prove to me why you are literally a queen, and I adore you." Yeah, no, I mean, she was on good form in in this episode um, with his birthday. I just think. It was incredible. And I think the other girls' costumes were brilliant, too. I think Brandy showing up as, like, an old-school Playboy bunny was perfect for a 50th birthday party. And she looked banging. Amazing. She looked great. Yeah, and then, I mean, I do think, though, the winner of the costumes (laughs) has to be Deandra's Mama D with an actual wig of hers on. (laughs) And I can't believe people didn't know she was wearing wigs. I mean, come on. Like Mama D wearing wigs. I'm not going to say, this isn't the donkey show all over again. Yeah. But I I just never thought about it. Right, right. But I think if I'd have thought about it, I would have gone, well, that's obviously a wig. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, it is clearly a wig. But yeah, I think DeAndre was was great. And I think, you know what? I think I'm really sick and tired of, A, Leanne, fucking, if it's a costume party, turn up in a fucking costume or don't turn up at all. Right. It's just rude. I felt Stephanie made a great point where she was like, I dressed up like a hooker for you. Yeah. You could at least wear a costume. Just, it's not rocket science. No. Um, But I am really tired of Leanne almost gaslighting Deandra with this drinky thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think probably Deandra is overdoing it, but I can see why. The stress, the business, the relationship with her mom, like, she's got a lot on. But Leanne just sitting there, standing there, snidely judging her. Yeah. It's not on. Not on. That is not what a friend does. And it's a fucking birthday party. Yes. Like, it's it's not like she's sitting in her car getting hammered and thinking nobody's looking. Well, this is it. It's it's a 50th birthday party with a free bar. Like, yeah. You know me. I'd be on my ass too. But also... Leanne said something really sneaky and it really pissed me off. And she said, this isn't just getting drunk in private. This is getting drunk in public in front of everybody. And I thought that was really insidious because what it implied is that she is, is getting drunk in private. That Deandra is getting drunk in private right. on your own. Which, which is, I will have to say, we've not se- I have not seen any evidence of that in the show. Nothing. I feel like when we've seen her with her family and when she's been sober, she's been fine. We've seen her out drinking at events with all her friends. 50th birthdays to her 50th birthday party in Mexico. Everybody gets hammered. Like, come on. Yeah, you can get hammered. It's a 50th fine. birthday party with a free bar with all your friends just having a good time. Like, get stop. Hammered. Like, I have to say, I, I typically like Leanne for reasons that I, I don't even know if I know, but <laughs> I feel like this time I'm like, come on, like, back off. You need to just yeah. be cool with her having a good time. Like, we're done. Like, you've had your wedding. You are supposedly in a really good place now. Like, stop no. making asshole comments. I mean, I like Leanne for the same reason I like Danielle. Like, I love the drama that she brings. Mm-hmm. But as a human... I don't like her and I don't trust her. And I think that she is always manipulating, always conniving. Um, like no, like we've seen Brandy get absolutely shit faced. Yeah. Nobody's there calling her out on that. 
No. It's, it's Leanne. She's trying to undermine Deandra. She's do, there's a plan and I don't like it. And I can see what she's trying to do. And I, and I bet both my fucking ovaries that this develops over the season into something more. Right. Look, it's a good thing you don't need your ovaries anyways. I know. I see that. Like, you guys can't see it right now. And eventually when I get off my ass and learn how to edit these videos, you will get to see us because we record each one of these. So, um, yeah, finger up in the air, head waving. Furious. Furiosity. Furiosity. (laughs) Um, I'm in furiosity. Uh, Yeah, it's she's she's up to something and I don't like it. And she needs to stop because it's dark. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I the party looked amazing. But what I did love, like going back to Steph, was we had a lot of Steph talking to our mum about this whole Cameron thing, right? Which I'm really sorry, but we are going to have to talk about Cameron this week. Yeah, I mean, we we've, we've been really trying not to, and I think we've been fairly successful because yeah. ultimately, like, it's all about the same stuff. So we see Cameron doesn't go to the birthday party because she's still annoyed <laughs> that she that Stephanie did not go to Leanne's bridal shower, which Leanne doesn't seem to have an issue with. Ste- yeah. Cameron has the issue. And that's why she has decided not to go to Travis's birthday and gave the excuse that her daughter had something going on. Like, I know. Bored. And this was an excuse. Like, this was just made up. Like, she Well, just, even if she it? had something, it was obviously during the day because kids don't have, like things in the middle of the night. Like, she could have gone to the birthday party. She just didn't want to. And she is doing this calculatedly. I think the interesting thing, when I was watching Steph talk to her mom, what was really glaringly obvious was that this, the the thing between her and Cam, for her, for Stephanie, it's a really, it's a real thing. Right. It's something she's really struggling with. It's contextualized. She can point at what it is. She knows what the problems are and she's trying to deal with it. For Cam, it's just an ego thing. All it is is she's just she's just got this sort of self-righteous indignation about the fact that Stephanie once used the term surface friends, which let's face, let's face it, is where this whole fucking thing started. Cameron and, is a dick. Yeah, she just cannot fucking let it go. No. And and she has no interest in being a real friend because if no. she did, she would be making those same steps on trying to understand why did that trigger her? Why is she so upset? Because they were getting there on the friendship thing. We saw them hanging out in the beginning of the season. And I just think Cameron's an asshole. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think it was really interesting. She, um, cause this, this is, this is happening because I think Stephanie for the first time is saying, no, it's not okay. Right. And that line that she, said to her mom was a light bulb moment for for me in general as well like I, I she said i've always been someone who seeks peace rather than resolution and that was so important because for a long time i used to do that and just like i just wanted to be friends with everybody and i hated right. being in conflict and then you get to a point where you go hang on a minute if i don't try to resolve this this is yeah. going to make me feel like shit the other person's just going to be fine, but it's going right. to make me feel like shit. So you have to do it. And the risk of that is that you might lose that, but you might not be able to resolve it. Um, and it's, and her mom says it, she's like, it's, it's just okay to not have certain people in your life anymore. Right. Um, well, it also, think- in my opinion, it makes space for the people that need to be there. 
Like you can either be surface friends with a million people or you can have, you know, five super great friends that fulfill you in, you know, various different ways, you know, like truly fulfill your life and you, and makes that space for them. Because I mean, as a mom, as a working parent and a wife and all of the other titles that I have, like I have so little time for my truly great friends, you, know, you have to start a podcast to really chat with one for a long <laughs> period of time during the week anyways. Um, but I just feel like I just don't have the space. Personally, I don't have the space in my life to try no. to carve out niches for people who don't belong there. And that's fine. It doesn't yeah. make them necessarily terrible people. No. But it's just, they're not my people. And, and I think you spend so long in your kind of, first half of adulthood kind of trying to figure out who your people are how you can build those relationships what an adult relationship actually looks like an adult friendship looks like and then you get to a point where you just have to start scaling it back because you just don't have the emotional you just capacity. can't yeah so um i think stephanie is going through something that's really hard but i think will really benefit her i think she'll come out the other side of this cam thing Absolutely. So much stronger. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see the 100% people-pleasing Stephanie that we've seen in the past. I think we're going to see ballsy, brave, badass. Yeah. And the only thing that's holding this whole thing up is getting Stephanie to a point where she's okay with saying, I am not going to be friends with Cameron anymore. Yeah. Because right now she's still holding on a little bit to the to the hope that they can. Right. And actually, she just needs to go... No, We're fine. I did I did everything I could and it didn't work and that's fine. We move on. Yeah. Yeah. Mourn it and move on. Yeah. Um, is that it? Are we done? Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see these ladies in Bangkok. Um, I think that's gonna be an exciting chapter to watch. I hope Travis's dad is okay. And uh that wraps up our week. It really does. Um, so next week it's possible that we've got we'll hopefully have keeping up with the kardashians back right yes Um, they will be back next week but yeah other than that i think considering we're both subpar i think we've done all right i think we've done okay hopefully Um, you guys have too and uh have continued to listen to us yeah thank you because we are so like we're so delighted with everybody who's downloading i think it's going really really well keep reviewing rating and doing all of that stuff because it's it really does mean the world to us and it really helps us with the podcast and visibility and stuff so anything you can do tell your friends yes and get everybody listening i cornered a salute like i had some guys trying to sell me uh, a house painting package for our house yesterday and i told them about the podcast and kind of pushed them towards it yeah just tell everybody you can yeah yeah house painters everything yeah um i'm gonna go get a takeaway All right. Well, you guys have Uh, a good uh, rest of the week and uh, we'll talk to you next week about all, all the stuff. Yeah. You have a good week too, Reagan. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. (laughs) 